You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, this is AfterBuzz TV, Mad Men Edition. Tonight's host is Paul Ashton. Joining Paul will be AfterBuzz co-hosts Kevin Undergaro, Trilby Glover, and Phil Svitek. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 347-855-8269. That's 347-855-8269. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues... Paul Ashton. Thank you very much, Rich, and welcome to AfterBuzz TV, ladies and gentlemen, for Mad Men Season 4, Episode 11. I'm Paul Ashton, here with my fellow Mad Men and Women, to break down everything from tonight's wonderful episode. Um, uh, in our special segment tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about the production design, design of the show. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about from tonight's episode. Uh, as a segue to get us there, let's go over to Trilby Glover for a quick stroll down Madison Avenue. So last week we were left hanging as Roger found out the news that Lucky Strike was leaving. That is their biggest client, which puts Sterling Cooper Draper Price in jeopardy. He didn't tell anybody at the agency that he'd lost the client, and this week it's all come out, and he can't hide it anymore. It started when Peter was having his daughter being born at the hospital, and suddenly everybody knew that Lucky Strike was no more so Peggy got it on with a boy that was pretty exciting we like him we don't know what his name is and she walks into work and discovers the news that Lucky Strike's gone and she says every time something good happens something bad happens I knew I'd pay for it as she feels the guilt of having sex pretty terrible Uh, (laughs) suddenly everyone's on high red alert at the agency they cannot afford to lose a single client peggy has to deal with playtex which is a big client she needs to do a presentation for and she feels pretty stressed because don's really putting everything on her to not lose it and she says to dan can you help me chill out? And he says yes, and he tries to kiss her. And then to pay her back for rejecting him, he lets her do the whole presentation with lipstick on her teeth, which means the Playtex guy is licking his mouth, trying to tell her, but she doesn't really pick up on the signal. She was probably very confused. Okay, so as the company is crumbling, everybody is feeling the stress. Roger Sterling is really going downhill, and he turns to his old lover, Joni, to help him. She rejects him. He tries to get her to support him and confesses the truth that he knew Lucky Strike was out but didn't tell anyone. And she says that she can't be the person that he just turns to all the time and she says she's not the solution to his problems. She's just another problem. Meanwhile, Don is still going out with the Dr. Faye lady but he turns to her for help. 
He wants her to to solve his problems. She says she puts him in a very bad position, so he turns away from her and runs into the arms of his secretary, only to discover, once he's made that fatal decision, that, of course, she was looking out for him and she'd done something very, very good for him and got him another client. And that is where we ended with him feeling pretty bad about himself. Thank you very much, Shelby. Um, so, Mad Men... Episode 11, we've got two more to go. Um, it's really starting to hot up. Uh, we saw everything really start to fall apart for these guys, for the really for the first time, um, since they went out on their own. They left with a lot of uh, chutzpah, a lot of possibility, and um, we started to see the cracks forming last week. Uh, but today, they, it, it really fell apart. Um, and really, this was uh, exemplified by Roger Sterling, and we saw sort of the, the breaking down of a, of a man. Uh, it was, in a way, if it, was, it was really his sort of, almost his episode in a way. We did see there was a lot of stuff going on around it. Um, but uh, let's, let's start our discussion talking about Roger, and uh, of course, played by the, uh, the wonderful actor, uh, John Slattery, um, who continues to uh, dazzle, um, but very sad, Kevin. I feel like um, Mr. Cooper encapsulated it so well with that line. Yes. What did he say? He said something to the effect of, <clears throat> "You, he never took you serious because you never took yourself seriously." seriously. And well, out he went. Yeah. And it's like in in that that one line. I think that we understand how many four, four seasons are we at now, you guys? Yeah, this is the fourth. Yeah, four, we understand. This is exactly this the spoiled rich kid who inherited the company. Yeah, and has been a kind of a drunken playboy. Yeah, and that's it. And, and I was really remind. Someone said to me. I was talking recently to someone about about comedy, just in general, and, and like in sitcoms, and, and and being the same. In all these shows, if you notice. You're seeing it more and more, and I don't want to talk about uh, necessarily Breaking Bad or whatever, but when, when all of these um, showrunners and actors are interviewed, they always bring you back to – and do you notice the subtle comedy? And do you notice – we also do comedy. We, yeah. And you continue to see it in all of these shows. And But, and the, but also, like, one, one thing that comedy, um, like, really pulls out is how people do the same thing over and over and over again right you know in all in all great especially in sitcom uh you you see that like it what what makes someone funny is and and, like with with seinfeld and and more recent things like uh the big bang theory it's it's that we know that um that sheldon cooper is going to be like that every single time Mm -hmm. and i was reminded of that today when roger sterling walks into Joni, where he's he's got the i mean the great hat the costume is so great right he's still playing the same thing he Mm -hmm. comes back to her to get his release from his you know intense feeling of failure by just shagging an old flame right and it's it was pathetic and she has grown and he hasn't. And I really felt – and the, the thing about these men that they get so – that it's still it's, – I think it's a real issue with retirement for men. And I mean like – I mean, I mean my, my dad hasn't retired yet. And, but he, and, and in a way he's enjoying having more time as he slows down. But I know there's still a part that wants to still be working and all of his mates as they get to that age. And I don't know if you guys have seen that with your parents. But I do feel like there's, a, there's an element of, of a personal identity that is attached to so many always. people through their, well, I wouldn't say to, always through their <laughs> yeah. job. No, I just know too many. Unfortunately, people that have done like 
just miserable, brutal, thankless jobs. And they're just so they're really yeah. excited for it to be over. Yeah. And to be able to get a Winnebago and drive around the country. Yeah. And so right. I'm sorry. That's what I've seen. It's, yeah. It's I'm not that guy. I don't. I'll be the one. I probably will never retire. Yeah. Um, but all I've ever grown up with and growing up lower middle class, you know, to middle class has been just people who just hate their <laughs> jobs. So they're actually happy to retire. The what is what becomes a problem is the amount of free time. Yes. Yeah. That's what becomes a problem. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, oh, I've been with this person for 40 years. I, I actually hate you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and with, and and that's it. So guys, I don't need to, to get no, away. But no, these but guys are – they've had – passionate They've had the somehow. good end of it. Well, no, but they've, their work has rewarded them. Even if yeah. they're not passionate, they've seen the good that's come to work. Be with the also, guys, having drinks. It's also without camaraderie. this – without this thing that I do, who am I? And I mean that's yeah. like that's like part of the whole like the whole new age um, movement that sort well, of moved and, from the east and to the west in the last and twenty years. For Roger, it's one step bigger because it's 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 what have I even done? What have I done? Like, and I've I think done. it's great, like the book, you know, the the novel, and he's looking at it, his biography, autobiography, like oh. I'm so great, look what I've done. And I think in that moment when he saw it, he's like. I didn't really do that much. I mean, he basically sat around drinking and hanging out with Lucky Strike. He even inherited that account. And let's give him credit for, though, for staying true to his character by signing it and not in that moment flipping the book down and slamming the door. But also, how about his performance on the phone? Like, holding the phone? Like, that was incredible. Okay, okay, great. But again, this guy is a salesman. Yeah. That's where he's going to be strong. But but I'm saying at the end it's all been peeled away. He's he's tried everything. He's he's gone to every you know. It's isn't it classic? Isn't it mythic when the the door closes and something bad happens? You go and you try to put your world back together. He went yeah. to Joni. He went yeah. and finally he goes back. And this is the moment where rather than turning in and fixing himself, right? That's usually the next phase right. in, in, a, in the in the yeah. hero's journey. Yeah, that's the all those doors are closed and it's like okay, no, I've got to go on this journey and mm. I've got to face up to this and become better. I don't know if he will or he won't, but but in that moment. You would have either seen him admit to this lady what's going on or maybe walk out of the door and slam the room. But I, I love the follow-through of signing it. <laughs> to my dear wife. Right. Puts it, and puts and it not on. even putting her name and also not saying I oh, love you so much. And and I thought it's this, interesting that yeah. she was the girl, the young girl that he ran off with. She's his second right. wife. She, right. He was having an affair with her to start with. That's right. And now he's got her. It's like he got all the riches but he doesn't but he get want the substance. them. Yeah, he, yeah. he, just, he well, thought he, he was got in love the, with He her, got but... the image of it all, but not the... He can't change his spots at this stage. Yeah, and I mean, I always thought he did love Joni, but I just think... I think so too, but if they were together, he'd still he'd go and do he'd, he'd go get and restless. do it with the other woman, Just whatever. like Don did tonight, but we can come to that a bit later. Um, so uh, wait, you guys don't think he loves Joni? No, I, I think I he do. does I love Joni. I think he does. I, I mean, I feel like, I feel like he might not be... A uh, uh, a lovable part. Like he not he might not be capable of like really really deep intense love. But I feel like this if there's anything in his heart, it's for her. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I'm just saying that if 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 they had ended up together, I believe that ultimately down the track of that relationship, yes, no, he, he would have straight. He yeah, would straight again. And, of course, you know, and she's the one who least deserves it. Right. I mean, God, and didn't you know Christina Hendricks just step it up again? It was such a beautiful, really great work. Yeah, She's beautiful actress. actress. Um, that was wonderful. Um, yeah, so uh, I really, I really enjoyed 
Slattery tonight. That was great. But there's so much other stuff going on I mean, around when, it. And when you, oh, well, I guess it's more predictions where where he's going to end up. But yeah. yeah, I mean to see. You're right to see. But again, I go back to that one line with Bert, the Mr. Cooper saying, "I think you you're know, right. This is what this is what you've been, and I've known this forever. But it's all been good. The gravy train's been good yeah. that your dad set up, and whatever. But you know what? And, and because he's not a violent guy and a, and a, and a reactionary guy, yeah. Cooper. But just. But also the facade of like you would you would think that if you were writing a book about yourself, you were taking yourself seriously. But that's just that's so fu- that's what's hilarious about it because or sad about it because it's just all such a facade. Your joke. It was also interesting as the wall as the, as the, the their you know company fell down around their ankles like a wet pair of pants um, <laughs> tonight. The way that that uh, similar to what we we're talking about earlier um, in, in our discussion of Boardwalk Empire, how under pressure we see character. And we saw Don break in a way that was rare tonight today. Like. I mean, obviously, well, he's this sort isn't of new. been breaking. We've seen him break in different. Uh, sure, Tell so, me so what, what moment he's referring spe- to. Specifically, how um, just on the obviously, you, you're right. I don't mean to say it's the first time we've seen him break, but certainly in business, he manages to. Uh, as I say it, I, I think of a couple of times where he's lost it a bit in the room. But on the phone to the when, when they lost, when they the, lost the, other client, the other account, the bird's eye, yeah. You know, he he just seemed. Uh, I guess I guess it's uh, high stakes, so of course it's going to affect you. Oh, and he uh, but, but when the boys, when the when he when he went off at Peter Campbell right. for, for for what did you say on the phone this morning? When I don't think Peter probably could have done no, anything to save it. And then when Roger, you know, he, they, stuck they started turning on each other a little bit. Right. And then what was interesting, which I, is like he said, Pete would have done it, done better. He so would have I done. Think he would have saved Lucky Strike. He was acknowledging you, that he was he'd made it. He would he'd been right, he, unfair on Peter earlier. Right. Um, but oh, Pete, Peter Campbell had a had a, a fascinating episode as well, and it was a wonderful co- uh, exploration of the fatherhood, fatherhood in the time. In, you know, yeah, I think what he's the father said to him. I was at a baseball game when when Trudy, Trudy was, was born, born. I was at a ball game. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is great. I just love. And the whole the whole time talk about a change in time. That's right. And Don going off at Peter for being distracted by the fact that his kid was being born. Um, yeah. <laughs> where's your like, head? Where's on. your head? Uh, but my dad was fighting a fire when you were born. Absolutely, and all, all for all three of us. Really? And he was working. Sort of heroic. It was different. Yeah. It's true, but it was also their job. And you know, it's it's the one like running gag that uh, a lot of older women and would 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 will still say to me. And I get a kick out of is, you know, when they see today how, I mean, you know, Maria, for instance, you know, working, you know, um, Maria Menounos working her job and, and a lot of uh, people that she works with, co-hosts and mm-hmm. other stars and, and just even some showrunners. And it, it's like a baby comes and um, and I'm not talking about the females, the guys, two weeks off. They'll take these leaves. Yeah, you know? right. And maternity leave. For and the, it's mater- great. It's wonderful. And, and all this stuff that's like, but at the same time, it's like the women, you still, you know, I, I know women that like, they worked in factories until like three the day days before. before. <laughs> yeah. You know, and my, and and my dad was later. like, I had to feed you guys. Like, mm. what do you mean? Of course, I was so excited. And I hospital right away as soon mm. as I, my shift was done. But <laughs> I, I kind of, you know, for me, like, I, I don't know if him being at the ball game was because he didn't care, but then that father does seem like he loves the daughter. Yeah, of doesn't course. Doesn't he? Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't think it changes uh, the love that some, that you can feel for a kid, expected. but it's just, yeah. It's a different time, you know. And and a different I, way of engaging with, with the, the role of your role, uh, your right. gender role. Um, your job is to make us, is to bring home the bacon. And so you're out doing that. And, you know, right. and the irony that, that as, I mean, I don't know if I've got this, when, 
Oh yeah, so they were in they were in the the office arguing with each other. Don sticking up for Pete, you know, in front of Roger when the the um the secretary comes in and says you've had a you've had a baby girl and everyone's like, "Oh, uh, congratulations. Let's go to the funeral." Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> they're chasing the ambulance chasing at a funeral. What was that funeral scene? That was I didn't know what well, the it, it, point of it was. Well, they're, they're, they they I guess it was just a birth and death. Well, there's that. I mean, that was that. That's obviously you know just good writing. Yeah, that's just that's just great. But I mean, the point was is that it was an extremely high figure in the advertising world. So they were there to try and steal clients. Yeah, but Um, they didn't. I mean, there wasn't any hobnobbing that we saw in that. No, really. I mean, I think it was as much a picture of the world. um, It was much as as much a picture of of the world that they're working in as as anything else. It's like just totally high pressure. But you know, again, I think we all relate to it being in the film and TV business. Yeah. Well, that's just that's just how it is. Yeah, that's just how it is. And when I was younger, starting in the business, yeah, I didn't quite get it. I was like, it was easy to hate on the showrunner who would be like that or that. But now, like, I get it. Like, the stakes are so high. What do you mean by hating on the showrunner for like for saying, you know what? Like, okay, congratulations to your baby. Now we need to go to the funeral yeah. to save the whole company that's going to feed the effing baby. Yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah. like, when you're younger, intense practicality. You don't get it, and and when you're not in, and when you live in this world, when you live in more of the world where. It's a 37-hour-a-week job, and of that 37 hours, you really work about 20 because most of the time you're on the phone with your friends or you're emailing people or you're cruising the net. Yeah. But in, like, advertising, in TV, probably Wall Street, I don't know. I've never worked there. I have friends on Wall Street. You know, it's it's such high pressure, and, mm-hmm. and it's more like 60 hours a week or 70 or yeah. 80, and then you're taking the work home with you, and with Blackberries, it's even worse. Yeah. So it's... It's like I mean I, I I get it. To me, that's why I love the show. I yeah. I, I, I get it. I get what's what's going. Well, on. that's right. And we got to the very beginning, at the very opening, with Cosgrove finding out, Kenny Cosgrove finding out about uh, Lucky Strike and and leaving the the in laws and or the parents. And what I found interesting I, when I saw that, I said, "Geez, how do they all get together now in the non-internet world? Nobody's got cell phones, you know." But but they did. Now everyone's at the office and yeah yeah. Um, so uh, so Pete. Has a baby, becomes a father, and and then he's you know off to work again. But yeah. think of the sweetheart deal, he's being offered like right. Oh, he's being tempted. I mean, how partner. decent is he when you think about it? Because I mean, they, they were going to put his name right. Because ultimately, put his name first. he loves Don yeah. Draper. I mean, he still admires Don Draper. He does. And yeah. He looks up to him. He always has, you know. And I think he's not. And he also wants to have success with the thing he's created, and rather than going to to he's, the father-in-law's, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. right, coattails. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So who, 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 the, the guy that offered him the job is is uh, is just someone. I, mean, I think we might have seen him once before. He works at BBD. But I think he something. knows that or he he's the father-in-law CCT. has a ton of CGC Ted. Yeah. So he knows, but he knows by luring Pete, he's going to get all Pete's accounts. With yes. Uh, he said the father. You're all he talks about. Phil, what are you going to say? Uh, I mean, Pete just gets stronger and stronger for me every time. I mean, what, what, what? This episode, what? It's interesting that Don yelled at Pete because this is in the wake of um, Pete taking a huge hit for right. Don from last episode. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So That's what um, I was that was very interesting well. for me to when see. When he said, "Who do you think you're talking to?" Yeah. He's got something on him. You know? Yeah, oh, is that what he meant by that? That's huh? what I thought. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. I think so. Absolutely right. And I think you know, I had Don oh, putting his t- t- tail between his legs. But also, there was that just after that, the the um, the uh, staff found out about the um, 
Lucky Strike leaving, Peggy made that comment that Peter Campbell had said to every, that if he caught anyone sending out resumes um, to to any other companies looking for new jobs, that he would, you know, he personally. Would be dead. And, and then I love that me. moment after that when um, I think Dan came in and said they got donuts, and he said, "Yeah, they always give a free meal or good meal to a dead man." Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so, so Pete, Pete's the one championing right, staying his loyalty, like, and then he's given the the, the tempting. I mean, like, and, and how do you offer. not? But I get now what you're you're saying, Chobi, is that he wants to create his own thing, yeah. and and so the, yeah, you you buy that he's. He's gonna hang in trying to make his own thing, but boy, I would. I really like the. the I'd like a father-in-law like that. That would work for me. Yeah, yeah, could, yeah. <laughs> like, very handy. Yeah, so he planted him there, right, to try and. Um, yes, of course. On, on like yeah. to try and make sure that his little daughter. I don't know how we got it. Of course, is, yeah. Uh, that's after. Um, okay, so so and Peggy. then Peggy had. Oh, Peggy. I love that guy. I was really hoping that they would get back together. Oh, yeah, and I was I glad think that, that was, he came back. Their chemistry week. was so strong. I mean, like I think when whenever. Whenever you, you you fight with someone that much right from the start, it's often because there's an intense attraction, right? And right. they had it, and as well, soon as they were... You know what I like most about them? Is they and it, Peggy and this guy, as well as Peggy and her, her like, lesbian friend that mm. is kind of on track to be very successful, too, is they take us... They're the ones who take us out of the... The, the world, office. Out, out of the, of the office. office. And, and even though January Jones takes us out of the office... We didn't it's see taking, it tonight. No, but yeah. it, oh. like when I when they take us out of the office, when Pete's wife and his in laws take us out of the office, they're taking us to to classic Americana, leave it to Beaver, you know, like the, those kind of that upper middle class suburbia. I've seen it before. What I love seeing is the experimentation, yeah. mm. the rebelliousness, mm. the curiosity. All the angst that's going on with the the youth of that time, and be the the birth of a movement, and the right, and these are all the future leaders of our world. You, like Peggy, wherever the Peggy character is right now, if I don't know what they'll do with her creatively, but I know like the sixty some odd year old women that I know that are CEOs that are that, mm -hmm. that's Peggy. Yeah, that's what and, started. And the and the other girl, the the lesbian girl, it's like. She either owns a magazine or like a newspaper, or is or is like the the, uh, the running the production company. Exactly, <laughs> and 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 for that guy, you know, he, same thing. He's on he's on several boards or whatever. So it's like yeah. I just think it's really cool to see those guys in their formative years, but then taking us away from the classic like. Um, what we've seen before, and they yeah. connect is... such on an in, on an intellectual level, and that's yes. that's exciting. And it, I mean, I you feel like maybe finally maybe she's met someone, you know. And I, I we all root for her so much. Right, um, I think she's getting more and more beautiful as well. She really is. It's interesting. Mm. She is. Do you think that's um, that's hair and makeup, or is it because we're just falling in love with her more? I think maybe we fall both. I think it's a combination. She did, of course, in the very beginning of the episodes. She was fat because she was pregnant. Yeah, right. I mean, that the, the, we we know that they can certainly um, dress her up and dress it down. Right. Um, but I think I think also the way She's that you feel actress, about too. yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think the way presence. you feel about what Elizabeth she Moss does and brings is is and I. A, a and I think she's becoming more confident, too, as a character. Yep. Um, you know, when she started off, she was just a secretary in season one, and she's grown, and so now she's getting more and more power. And we've seen throughout the seasons, she's approached Don of like, hey, I want this, hey, I want this. And then he said to her, but I'm I lying on you. I love how he loves it. Yeah, I love that. He really, that's like the... 
And then her response, and then I think a real a real reveal to where she's at was her response to discovering that she'd had lippy on her teeth the whole time. Yeah. She didn't destroy. She didn't nope. fall into a she was of like, self-destruction. Okay, son of a gun. She, she was like, "All right, you screw got you. okay, right? Okay, that's how it's going to be." But you, you know you what? Got I got that. the account. That's right. I did a good performance, and I don't need to be defined. Uh, by, by the that. way, I nicknamed him Fathead. We don't even know yeah. his name, but I just, it's I just Dan the character. Ugh, I hate him. I mean, he's a great actor, but <laughs> yeah, I hate him. He's doing a great job of being uh, But uh, but yeah, I think I wonder. Will the news fall for him? I want. Will he get his comeuppance? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But what I do, I do love what what he has so perfectly is that thing that those guys, uh, guys like that, they don't know what to do with a woman like, um, like Peggy. Peggy. He 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 can't yeah, no articulate idea. the fact that he desperately wants to like on a on an animal level, you know. Yep. Take her, be with her, and yet he can't understand uh, why she doesn't want him in the way that normal ditzy girls do, and yep. her intelligence confuses him. But yeah, she's him. saying, take your clothes off. Remember he's, in the earlier episodes this I know, and she called it bluff, and then he's there with a semi the whole time. He's completely confused. Hilarious. But I, like, I want, you know, him being, I'm not afraid of Don. Like, he, I just want to see, I can't wait for him to get chopped down, because I feel like at some point he will. He has to. Yeah. He has to. He will, he's but, harmless. But, but we love Peggy, and yeah, definitely and, happy to see her in love. And then in that moment, she had with the guy we were talking about before when she says to him are you going to leave I just want you to do what you normally do and there's that feeling yeah. of her being a woman I mean we do see a lot of promiscuity in this television show which I, well, I was always surprised by for that a, time. a creative environment will do that and you guys know <laughs> if you feel you're young but you'll get to know this but but Paul and Trilby you guys know when you're on a film set, this is why this happens. It's not just because it's a film, and yes, you're in a new location, all, but these like creative melting pots. With there's a lot of pressure, but yet a lot of magic happening. Yeah, it's like everyone puts things on hold, and I and I forget there's this term in Hollywood for like film relationships, like right. I, and I I always try to remember it because it's so poignant and, and I, am, I don't know if it'll come to me but I know more people that really get caught up in that moment that they're they have their loved ones at home but then they're either out in in the middle of nowhere on some set mm. and you know you're working 18 19 20 hours a day you're doing something incredible together but you're also killing killing yourselves you're exhausted you're you're either eating too little or too much and just it just and it's that perfect storm as well you know yeah. right. I, mean, I remember doing i remember doing uh Cyrano de Bergerac when i was 21 at, right. at the university in sydney and the girl who was playing God, I should be so, anyways it's no, oh, it's long enough ago it was playing Roxanne i was playing Christian they have you know the they're the lovers, and Cyrano's there creating the poetry for the soldier Christian, who's not particularly smart. And I, this thing developed between me and, and the girl playing Roxanne just because of the high romance of the of the part. I mean, yeah. there was obviously a little bit oh, of chemistry yeah. I as had well. That and it just in, can, a, in a play. It fuels where, it sometimes, yeah, right? You're playing lovers, and then it's and it just, just happens, very confusing because right? it's hard being lovers as well. There right? you go. Yeah. Um, so, so even in, a, in an adage, you know, I, I can also speak for working on a TV show. Yeah, that's it. You just have these deadlines. It's crazy, and you're, and you're in the. And it's like I don't know. It's two in the morning, and you're in the office, and it's just like that moment of like. Well, I think about last yeah. last episode where uh, where Roger and Joni have just been um, have just been mugged and out of the heightened, you know, that's right, 
the response they end up screwing on on the on the st- on the street. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, like. Oh, and, and then I liked how he said this week. I was wish, that the last time? I wish I knew. Yeah. And I think that's interesting in relationships. I think that's a really key moment. People always say, "You never know when that last time is." You know, when you break up, you didn't always know that. The last time you were together, that was the last time. You would have time. enjoyed it more. You would have saved or it Or relished more. it or thought right, of it, you know. Right, But so let's – there was – I saw an interesting sort of parallel between that opening moment of Peggy um, and her new boy where she expects him to leave because mm. that's what she's come to expect from men um, and what she's sort of, you know, accepted in herself, I think, and perhaps it's a little a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy there for us uh, lately. But anyway, it, it, she – she says that, you know, he's free to go, but he actually doesn't want to. And so she says, I don't want you to go. And you know, and, and then that compared to Don, um, who, as we noted last week, as he stared at the secretary after the doctor left, uh, it, it happened. He ended up being with this other girl and, and we all responded in the room as we watched it. Uh, when when uh, just before they lay down on the couch, she said, uh, I just want you in this moment. I'm not going to be crying in the morning. And we all, like, let out. I what said, did you say, that's not true. It's never true. Right. Because, of course, she's going to be feeling weird afterwards and she's, she's going to want something from him. It but was it you, Trilby, in the room who also said this? Or was it you, Kev, who said no, she, she she's, said... she's good? She could be good for him because she's, oh, she's oh, stopped I him talking? Kevin said yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you don't <laughs> think the doctor's been good for him? I mean... Doctor's good for him, too. Absolutely. They're I mean, all good I, for him. They're all good for him. He needs a lot of girls. It's great. But did you ever hear him ask? Um, Betty, how like really ask how was your day? How are you? Never, I can never no, remember again, that. You and guys, because we... you guys are the regulars on this show. But Betty is the uh, but, but his, his ex-wife. His ex-wife. Oh, yeah. we'll forget it. He, they... would, he would never okay. ask her. And never. every time that they meet up, the doctor and the good doctor and, and Don meet up. He's he'll, he'll like he'll she'll go how was your day? He'll go terrible, terrible, terrible. And he said it tonight, just before right. they had the fight. How was yours? And then that you know, then he crossed the line and he asked her to sell out, sell. To sell out, basically, and and compromise her right. values. I do it for you, he said. I do it for you, which I which is what I was saying. I think that Don, I would not have expected Don. Uh, Don was feeling the pressure in such a new way tonight right. that he crossed a because line that, always, I, yeah. that I would would not usually expect him to cross. Or would he always cross it for business? I don't know. Have I misjudged him? Well, I think in business he's pretty hardcore. He's quite ruthless. I mean, I haven't seen him choose family over business, have we? I don't no, I don't. Know. I don't know. This it just look either way. Whether he would or would not have done it in the past, it felt like I. I, I it felt like a new and seeing him new uh, in new territory. And you know, and yeah, he I asked mean, for I help. Guess, I guess uh, is that I, the right thing to do? Was she right to be so angry? And should she have not? Yes, she, uh, have not, she, she was. She was right. I think but she was right to be she angry. Was right to be angry. Should and, she have given in like she did? Then should she have st- stood her ground? I think because he said I would do it for you, so which leads her to believe, hey, we could be a partnership. Because if your partners, are, I mean, to me, at the end of the day, your partnership comes first. Well, and she what she said, she did walked something out. a bit different though. She didn't. I thought. Oh, is that what he wanted her to do? To set I, up the meeting. She he, she didn't get him a client. She just set up a meeting. Yeah, but I thought he wanted her to talk about his clients, no, other the other clients. You no, know, she has access to information, yeah, so professional information that can guide him, him to, to, to clients, right who, are, clients who aren't yeah. happy with their advertising what? agency. And but as she walked out, she said, I know the difference between what we have and this stupid office. Yeah, which was great. Um, right. Which was great. Like She was making sense. 
and then he went and had sex with another secretary, right? Um, who was who we got to see we, for the first oh. time. We've seen her from a distance, and she's had that same kind of just general young, fine featured allure of most of the secretaries. But then she started talking. Only and she, three drinks, put the Clio Award back together. Yeah. Like, and, and she's an artist, and she's got kind of a strange edge to her. It's almost a lisp well, or something when the to her talking. Ha- hammered her, like, at, like uh, probably was it the beginning of the season or last season. Like, it just basically was like, yeah, you're a dumb bimbo. Wouldn't even and and that that girl the was looking at the lesbian saying, oh, this is interesting. You're 21 too, but you kind of have it together. And hmm, I kind of like that. Like, she just raised an eyebrow really quick. So they were. Gently sprinkling, sprinkling yeah. this out. The question is how much of what she was doing. I mean, the whole obviously the whole. Uh, she, she it seems to me like she knows exactly what she wants, and she's presenting something incredibly overtly to him, and he fell for it like a sucker again. Right, right. But uh, how much of that sort of that artistic impulse that she seems to suggest that she has is true? How much is not true? We don't know, and we, we don't just know. don't know enough I think about she wants it. To, yeah. Right, we don't know, and I, I think she wants to climb in a. In a, a little bit, I, but I, I feel like she's I think genuinely she just attracted fancied to him. him. Yeah, I she mean, does. he's very attractive. Right, it's and, true. and when I said, and when I said, good for that's good for him because in that moment she was the doctor. Of course, is great for him, and January Jones wasn't. It was clearly like this Grace Kelly like model. You see mm-hmm. her in the. I don't know if you remember seeing the posters yeah. of her at his old luggage. Was he selling right. luggage or suits? What was he selling? Yeah, oh, fur coats. yeah, yeah. And you see her. As the and so like in in a way it was it was the um, he was going down the same road as, as as Sterling, where she was the perfect like woman in terms of image to have yeah yeah but you see I mean I, that to me is age old how many people get involved with the beautiful girl or the good looking guy mm-hmm. and then it's like so many years later it's like there's just nothing there yeah there's no partnership you see it all the time and for him it's like that's what he got with her got away from her and yes i feel like the doctor would be the one who could grow with him and do a partnership but he's in this pressure yeah, she cooker. could be really good for him spiritually i think and as a, as a human who's that the, 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 the doctor absolutely so but good. but what i i again I, I bring it back to what we do you know, in our yeah. regular lives, you know, working on a like a TV show is very intense with all the pressure, and you're in a writer's room, and you're in there in the office, and this really pretty girl's there, and she's doing that, and it happens, yeah. and it's like you you see it all the time, and that's why I, like I love this show. It's so. And it will be interesting next week when there was one shot in the um, preview of next week where you could see he's in the office with Dr. Faye and then in between them through the shot behind the glass is the secretary watching in, I think. I think I saw Mm. that. It's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. Yeah, you think, yeah, she's so not going to be the cool chick. No, I don't think so. And I think, of course, the problem is, is that he's going to end up losing both of them. Oh, no. Possibly, which is which would be very sad. I want to, you know, it's going to be interesting to see when she goes from being the cool, like, um, you know, chick who's like, no, it's all right, and you know, to to the moment she said, I'm not going to throw. Well, right. we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how much of a, of an act it all was um, with, with how she responds. Um, we did want to talk a little bit in terms of a special segment about production design tonight because there was a comment you made, uh, Kev, at one point where Don walked into his room and the camera kind of jibbed up from under the desk 
over the phone and then on to Don as he came in. Right. And and you sort of uh, you you sort of well, uttered something about the show. Well, what 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 well, captured your what imagination? I've, what I've noticed with these shows is typically with the Sopranos. You know, to, I go back to Sopranos and. If you notice the cinematography, yes, it be the production design or production design was always cool enough. But the cinematography became much more, much more rich. Yeah. Uh, more jibs, more this, more that, more you know, but more cranes. But more than anything, the lighting. Yeah. It went down, became much darker, much right. moodier. Uh, probably in post production, the colors they 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 really darkened them, and on this show. What I find, I, I I don't know why they're doing it, and we can discuss it. But Don's apartment, very dark, very dark, and I totally this get that. This is cave, right? Yes, I totally get that. What I I don't, uh, what I like to talk about is it's interesting. Usually at this phase in a show's um, uh, life cycle, they'd start going dark. Things are going out of control. The the place is going down. You know, you would think. Interesting that um, Don Draper's uh, office yeah. and uh, Roger Sterling's, especially, are so, are bright and they're so bright. We know this because we actually watched the show in a screening room together, right. a big room. And one of Paul's complaints is he can't take notes because he can't see. Because we, have, <laughs> I like it really dark, so we have this yeah. big giant image. So I noticed on this show. We didn't. You didn't, we didn't need it as much. We didn't need light. as much extra light. Well, his his three things. But that's why. So so let's talk about why. Well, I, let's first talk why um, why uh, uh, Roger. Sterling's Roger's office is so bright and those designs and the modern thing. Well, he's I mean, got the we ultra, know the wife ultra did it. Stuff. The, the young wife did it. Kind of soul. So we know stuff. on the surface, right? We it's know all on the surface, surface what stuff, it means. and we've already we, we've already well, answered it. What's the it deeper by, meaning of those dots that go into infinity in that thing? What's well, that well, I think Phil, that, that's just part of that like, trippy smart design. With this stuff. Uh, it's got to be more than trippy. These guys are too no, well, smart. Thing, what does it mean? Um, I don't know exactly what the dots mean specifically, but I know from from one office from from this you know office environment to um, the prior seasons. Before they used to shoot very low angled and up into the ceiling, and the ceiling was almost like a part of the okay. images, um, maybe representing their power. Now you're sort of seeing more eye level um, cinematography, so these guys are not as powerful. They're not Before, as powerful. Don, They've been chopped down. Yeah, and Don was always shot from the back. You know, as a man, you know, you couldn't see in the face as much. Now you're seeing him uh, right. very, very always. You know, close ups and uh, medium shots. Frontal. I well, take I, I take the another place I want you to say what you say, but I take that the the uh, mural in Roger's office. It's just if you notice, it's a it's 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 black and white because that's how he says he's not gray, and that's who he is. Yeah, mm. there's no gray in him. A little bit of liking Joni, but yep. and then also it, the way it just kind of blurs out into infinity. That's his life. It's just nothingness. Yeah. Well, that, but know? I think that's what I want to so tell you. I mean, his stuff, it's all that ultra. It reminds me of some of these clubs that you go to here in LA that just have this sort of, they're just all surface. It's all a surface presentation. Right. It's flash ultra mod with no heart, with no, with no, no um, substance. At substance. And, and that's what we were talking about, Roger, uh, earlier in that's this what, very discussion. And I love his how book. smart the show is and, to, and, to yeah. have that 
but also is cutting then, edge, but there's nothing but beneath it. Nothing. Now, but each of the three of them. But you know who men, decorated his office, right? His his, his, young, his young wife, wife. which is perfect. Yeah. And he had, but it means nothing to him. It's got no, it's got nothing under it. That, Whereas the Don's office is very differently designed. It is. It's much more kind of. But uh, why Don's impractical. apartment? I remember when Don first moved to that apartment. Right. Obviously, after the breakup, and I was really shocked because I was like, it "Looks kind of crappy. He right. doesn't look that fancy. He must have money." But I don't think he's really concerned. We never see Don. It's the same with his office. Cars. You know. Or... You know why? It's I was... practical with couches for him to lie on that have a kind of a, a, a texture that you can like a carpety feel because he was he's brought up his, his mother was a, pr- a prostitute who died when he was born he he he's he's a lower middle class kid he doesn't have these kind of concerns and then um uh, I, think it's, Price, I think it's more than that though because usually those guys that had nothing it's like then they want to have yeah something. they want to have the thing do you know what it, i've been told that this what what it, it stems from go for go is all his creativity is is inside of him Right, and and he gets it out through his ad work and and his things like that. And so when he comes home, you don't even he doesn't even need to be thinking about what it's just That's whatever it is. So it's just practical. It's just fine. It's whatever it is, and like this is great because it's close to the office. Yeah, and it's dark because I'm a depressed person because mm. he is. But the same with his office, though. It's just practical. Practical, and it's like it's because because it's all it's all in him. The creativity it doesn't need to be on the wall. Whereas Burt Cooper's be... is a, an homage to a, to Eastern thinking. You take your shoes off, right? And his is more uh, outward because he doesn't have as much as he's a great guy as he is. He doesn't have all that inside of him that 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 creative angst, he's, that creativity. But he's grown to it. He's got a detachment. He has an Eastern detachment to it. But his he work. was never a creative. He's a businessman. That's right. So yeah. he's more so and that's why, you know, I I know a lot of um even producers have a lot of artwork and things like that because mm. they're not really doing the the creative. Yeah, so they Whereas, have other outlets. Right, so they have it, it they they put it all and I think I wish I could name drop and tell you guys who said this to me because it was actually something very important and I don't remember who it was. It was either a star <laughs> or somebody, but it makes a lot of sense. You know, the, it's all out here and then like the, you know all the creativity is on the outside, but then the, a lot of people who have it inside and they they get it out through their writing or yeah. their 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 acting, whatever it is, and then their their setups usually very simple because they 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 don't need it. They don't need that, and the they also express. don't want the distraction. That's well, and think of think of housewives. Think of like um how pe- women who are like I, 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 in Melbourne. There's a one of the posh suburbs is called Turak, and it's it's like it's like the Beverly Hills of Melbourne. And um, I had a girlfriend whose family was from Turak back in the day, and m- meeting a lot of her family friends, these women who had enormous amounts of money and were clearly had creative bones in their body but right. because of their whatever choices or they'd made or the, the 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 role that they had to play within their marriage their house was and their cleaning and the flowers and the arrangements through it that is that that is where they would put their creativity yeah, and that was their it. only outlet because there's so, no right. you know and, and people will find a way to do it mm-hmm. and so you, if you have that opportunity to put it into your work then perhaps you don't need to overcompensate to. in the flower arrangement but on the dinner table sometimes people can do both maybe some people are just extremely creative well like you, like you, like Trilby like Trilby oh, no, I'm yes, like Trilby I'm Glover Australian actress I'm, Trilby I'm Glover I'm terrible <laughs> I'm not so Phil, great in the house I'm more Phil, inside film film um, film student Phil why is Don's uh, office so bright lighting-wise? Um, and Corey, you too. Like, why would you say – I mean, Corey's a – you know, shoots. Corey, why would you say his office is so – lighting-wise so bright? Not, I'm not 
talking about colors or whatever. I'm just talking about actual brightness. So like the technical. Technically, yeah. Like like you know like Roger's office is very a bright light. But I find it interesting because like I said, this stage of the show, you would think they'd be going very moody, and they're not. Uh, I don't know. What do you think creatively, though? Maybe because they're they're happiest when they're there, or I don't know. Maybe yeah. Maybe that is their light. Maybe that is their hope. They're at work, and that's really all they all they have. Or for me, what it is, um, you know, there's three ways you can sort of go with um, an ending, whether it be like the ending of an episode, an ending of a film, or whatever. It's either it ends on a positive note, a sad note, or an ironic note. And so, Mad Men's very good at delivering that irony of all these characters, and so the the happy lighting is ironic. So it's you wouldn't ironic. Expect... So it's not the on the nose. Yeah. Right. Okay. Good. All I, right. I just you... think there's nowhere to hide for them. There. It's everything's exposed, and it's the ad world where everything's on show the whole especially, time. And there's especially no, Don's office, no which place. is always kind of the there's brain no... trust central. Yeah. There's no place for shadows in the office because it's it's constantly on show. But that's the tension. That's the creative tension that's so unique about the show is that they're constantly presenting all this stuff whilst inside there everything, and that 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 is a, a metaphor for that that. Time, the 50s into the 60s where it's about what you present and you show and this is what you do and don't say in in good in high society but inside everyone's going mental and breaking down right. you know like like betty draper through the first two seasons that's what happened to her um i mean we all know the production of the show is it, it couldn't win any more awards yada, no, yada, everyone uh, loves it i but... love the i love the way that the framing that so often put people in picture frames you know doorways and and, and windows and you can just really see them uh, I don't know, like for isolated, isolated, and, and for who who they are in relation to their physical world and their professional and emotional worlds, like that. So they're very good at going in, in in and out. You or know Matthew what I mean? Weiner, whoever. I mean, they, they they're firing on all cylinders. Yeah, they they really are. Um, so let's um go to this week's news and gossip with Julie Glover. AfterBuzz TV News. So John Hamm and Elizabeth Moss received the third annual Hollywood Reporter Award in Cologne, Germany on Friday for their acting on the show. Both actors watched a dubbed clip of themselves. Hamm said after, it was the first time we'd seen ourselves dubbed like that and it was pretty funny. He was also amazed at the show's international success despite being such a specific show. Yeah, that is amazing. And glad that it's great that Elizabeth Moss is, like, because she's been nominated a number of times, but I don't think she's won here on American soil yet. Mm. And it's fantastic that she has. A day prior at the Mad Men photo call, also in Cologne, Germany, during the 2010 International Film and TV Festival, Moss shared her hopes her character Peggy finds a good personal situation. She says, I have never felt she's found that balance between personal and professional life, and I don't know whether she'll find it. I think that most of us are still searching for it. This comment comes in the wake of filing for divorce from her husband, SNL star Fred Amundsen, just last week. Oh, poor Peggy. <laughs> Ham and Moss's next stop is Mipcop in Cannes, where they are set to promote the show to international buyers on behalf of producers and world sales agent Lionsgate Television. Uh, love those residuals. <laughs> Later this month, Ham will host the Halloween episode of SNL featuring Rihanna, who may be performing a possible duet with Katy Perry. I don't know. I, don't know. I wouldn't know where to look on that one or where, <laughs> or where to listen. All of them. Ham, in addition to all of this, has paid, paid tribute to his favourite teachers in a new ad campaign to launch the education documentary Waiting for Superman. He's got a social conscience, doesn't he, Ham? He's also he's a good man. He, he goes on. Um, he goes on uh, Bill Maher's show, uh, the. Real time with Bill Maher on on HBO, which is in. I like Bill Maher. Yeah, 
incredibly. You know he, he plays good third base at the Celebrity uh, All Star Game. That's, that's Does he really? Are. Yeah, that that when Maria uh, played in the um, Major League Baseball Celebrity All Star Game, she played alongside him, and so we hung out the night before. And uh, yeah, he was he was more excited to show me how how yeah he he does a backhand and he, how he turns <laughs> a mean double play and. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, yeah, that's cool. First reported by, by by Variety, Vincent Carthiza, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, was cast for Andrew Nichols' film, formerly known as I'm Mortal. He joins a cast that features Justin Timberlake, Amanda Seyfried, Jennifer's Body, and Cillian Murphy. The film's premise is that no one ages beyond 25 unless they can afford to buy more time. Vincent will play Seyfried's father with only a seven-year age gap between them. The dilemma for Vincent's character is to choose between his daughter and the oppressive system, which he apparently profits mm-hmm. from. Great like role Logan, for him. It's like Logan's run, basically. Yeah, yeah a bit, sounds a bit dystopian. The 10-year-old Kiernan Shipka, everyone has weird names, who plays Sally on the show, has been banned from watching not just her own scenes, but the show altogether. Her mum, however, will take the show and let her watch very selective moments that don't feature alcoholism, adultery or sexism. <laughs> there so is nothing. no concern. Yeah, so exactly. no, she can't watch it yet. There is no concern from Shipka on being able to channel her character despite the need-to-know basis. She says, I'm very method when I'm on set. It's just kind of thinking the thoughts of Sally, and I pretty much just become her. It's a character that I've known for a really long time, so it's pretty easy. There it is. There's acting 101 from like a 12-year-old. <laughs> Don't need to go any further, people. Exactly. Jared Harris, Lane Price from the show, was cast as Professor Moriarty in the Sherlock Holmes sequel, which sees Robert Downey Jr. retain the title role and Guy Ritchie back in the director's Which is great. Chair. That's the bad guy. He's, he's played the, the villain. He's yeah. the villain That's opposite. That's really great for him. Which is fantastic. Christina Hendricks has stated that she loves being seen as a sex symbol, the 30 five-year-old actress told Total Film of her pleasure at being desired by men the world over without having to flaunt her sexuality. She said, I'm thrilled. I'd love to be thought of as that. Mad Men seems like a very masculine show, but there are women who are obsessed by it. I think women appreciate seeing female characters that aren't just one-dimensional. I certainly don't think that more skin relates to sexiness or femininity. To me, falling out of the top of your pants is quite aggressive. It's so (laughs) hardcore, you feel it's almost being done to you. She also notes that she is very different from her character of Joan Holloway. People always expect me to be in a pencil skirt. They say, wait a minute, you're all 2010. Uh, January Jones fans have something to look forward to is a new X-Men film called X-Men First Class, directed by Matthew Vaughan, started filming. And according to Bleeding Cool, Jones has already been seen on set shooting her scenes as Emma Frost in lingerie. That's a great thing. That's a great thing. And to round out the news and gossip, John Slattery, Roger Sterling from the show, has been hired by the Ford Motor Company to appear in commercials for their Lincoln line of cars. There is concern over public image by having an actor who is famous for making statements such as, we can solve this problem with a flask. Lincoln Marketing is aware of the concern but says it won't matter much. Matt Van Dyke, the marketing director in the US, said we're really not buying Roger Sterling here. Let's hope they're not. Speaking of car advertising and Mad Men actors, um, I don't know if I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, John Hamm is doing the voiceovers for Mercedes Benz. If you listen, there are a couple of there are a couple of um, well, probably not though. TV. If he's doing Ford, because you no, that's no, that, oh, sorry, not no John oh, Hamm. Oh, John not Hamm, Slattery. right? Sorry, Slattery. I think you're, you know, I think you're right. It's his it's his voice. It. There are about two uh, commercials that are on the TV, and I think there might be one on radio as well. Listen out. Um, I'm quite sure it's John Hamm. I'm sure it is. I'm you sure know, it's very him. cool. You, you know, yeah. it's, it's very clever. You know, is what it is. who was the other guy from oh, 21 Jump Street? The not 
the not Depp. the <laughs> that's Depp. the only one I know. No, no, no. Who's opposite Johnny Depp? Was the uh, oh, I never Richard know. Uh, Richard Grieco. Okay. Right, and uh, I was told by somebody that he makes he makes millions in voiceover. Yeah. Oh, you can, you can. Oh, listen and to you, Trilby. Yeah, I mean, I've done it. Yeah. I didn't make millions. Didn't make millions. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you made a lot. Uh, in a recent interview, actor John Hamm issued a fairly stinging, if entirely justifiable, indictment of the reality genre, citing a distinction between people merely interested in achieving fame or notoriety and those aspiring to be artists. If you want to be famous, there's not that much difference in porn, the Mad Men star told Details magazine. I'm a movie star. Well, no, you're not. You're a porn star, and that's completely different. You're selling your dignity in a way that I feel I'm not. And once you sell it, it's gone. You ain't getting it back. Ham was specifically referring to those who's garner fame via programs like The Bachelor, not other celebrities. Anyway, that was interesting. Wow, that was, yeah, that was a variety. I read that too. Yeah, it, it's like, but you know how many actors that uh, you guys must be excited for him to say it because you know how reality is just yeah. <laughs> taking we away hate all reality. of your work. Yeah. So uh, good for him for being bold, you know. It, uh, again, it speaks to what his character is. Yes, and yeah. that's your Mad Men news and gossip for this week. Thank you very much, Shelby. Uh And what about predictions for next week? And now, you're after Buzz TV. Oh, there's Rich channeling the supernatural again. Thank you very much for that, Rich. We love that music. Um, please, plenty more where that came from, sir. Um, so, pretty for next week, guys. It looks like it's going to be it's the penultimate episode oh, of this season. Oh, I'm well, getting so sad. It's really over. Phil, what do you think is going to happen? Well, if Rich is correct, there's going to be aliens that enter Mad Men. <laughs> but um, no, apart from that. Um, I, th- I think we're you know we're coming to a head. We got two more episodes left, and so uh, everything's going to come crumbling on Don Draper. You know the two relationships. So, yeah, the two relationships going to fault. Both of them will one come through. I feel like surely the six. So you said the two gr- the two girls, huh? The two girls. I think. Well, what I would love to see is a classic Don Draper just get out of that situation somehow and still keep both, but I don't think it's going to happen. No, look, let me tell you. Uh-oh. The secretary is gone. That is just going to be <sighs> a bad moment. She's going to act weird. We saw in the preview that she says something like, it feels strange around here. Obviously. And she was very forward. To, yeah. You know. Extremely forward. So, so. I just actually can't. In a way, you know, that was the... I just want... What? Why doesn't that happen to you? Why doesn't that happen to me? <laughs> oh, I, I, was excited for, I was excited for him. I know. I just thought maybe great. he should have known better. By uh, yeah, now. that's why I do get annoyed at him sometimes. But I that's knew it was going to happen. That's the thing. Boys men behaving badly. It's the that's same it. thing. It's the, the same with and reaching the for the drink. And also time. reaching for drinks. It's but like, I, do, you know? I do love, he does, he really, I do love the subtlety with which he's just, that little, like, those little, like, hand rings as the pressure mounts and he goes to the drink and tries to stop himself. That's just subtly going through all of the episodes now it's really it's good I, I admire that yeah um, I think is the doctor stay gonna, with the doctor you think the doctor's going to be back for season 5 is is the doctor going to be back for season 5 I no one not, a, not if January Jones' agent has anything to say about <laughs> she has been I mean absent this but is that's because wa- her film career has taken off she's not around oh, I mean so I think not. I think that oh, she's okay. angling so she's I think she's a... angling for less so that she can go and do Matthew Vaughan films I mean, I'm actually grateful. I don't like when we go out to the suburbs, to be honest. I like being on Madison Avenue. Yeah, I agree. Um, but that's the one frustrating thing with these shows is that, is is they have so many characters. You can only satisfy so many. Mm. Um, and I know that's done partly by design as well, so the show isn't held hostage by 
say the the characters who are, who are popping at the mo- at the time perhaps, you know yeah so but uh but anyway so I, will we see the doctor again yeah geez she's a smart character i don't know it feels like we will yeah but um roger sterling is he gonna yeah, Sterling cooper draper price are they gonna get out of this before yes. the end of the season they, they right, are. do we end on a sour note, or are we going to end on a good well, note? Well, I mean, what happened at the end of last season, they kind they of... They created the agency. They created it. Can I was... tell you structurally what usually happens? Please. Structurally speaking, um, we'll know, we should know by, by... We'll definitely know next week, I mean, by the rules of structure. Yeah. If you notice, uh, this is probably ruins everyone's movie moments, but what usually happens in the second-to-last scene... Of a of a movie that ends with a happy ending. The second to last the worst scene. Part. What, okay, so what do you mean by worst part? Oh, film? when they lose everything. The breakup, you mean? Or, or, or everything? No, it's like the structure is. It looks like if you've things, lost. You've lost if, some things, it's usually and then like you that, lose everything. No, it's usually like if if things if that second to last part of the movie, if things are really really bad for your your protagonist. The the structure usually dictates that you're going to get a happy ending. If it's the other way around, if it's really, really happy, yeah, yeah. then you're going to get a, oh, a sour ending. Yeah. And if it's ironic, like Phil was saying, like the Woody Allen movies, then, you, you know, you, you, it's always... And I, and I think Man Men always kind of does that ironic ending. You know, season one, Don delivered an amazing presentation, but then realized that his uh, fan life sucked. But it still it still was a high note, and yeah. the, but, but they leave you with enough undertones to say... Come back next year. Yeah. So generally speaking, I was always the one who predicted that Tony Soprano was not going to get killed. And I, and I said because right. because of the rules of structure, every week more of his guys were getting picked off. He was like, in his, and I said, no, he's gonna come. He's gonna like. He's gonna beat the bad. The other. The his nemesis. However, you know the the sublime ironic ending was. Yeah, but you're also he's gonna go to jail. But he he didn't he didn't end up getting shot. He didn't. So so. It seems as though, because things are getting worse and worse and worse, it seems as though someone's going to pull out some and miracle I, I, in the I, end. Yeah, and I, and I don't feel like I don't feel like the show could handle like some a, a central character like Pete Campbell unless we were going to get rid of him, um, moving to another agency. That feels like it would it would pull the the, well, the, what the narrative happened? focus. Well, what too happened much. once they pulled away from that old agency? We never saw anyone else except for Cosgrove. Kenny Cosgrove has come back in. We've never seen so anyone else. So I, I expect the, there's going to be some big big salvaging. Um, uh, company or uh, account um, but then things are going to be at the same time there'll be some precipice that it's balancing on that will oh, of course because they have to they have to bring us back um, all right so uh, that brings us to the I mean, end. Peggy will continue with her guy I'm, I think that'll like continue to grow yes yeah I think we're going to see him next season um, well that brings us to the end of uh, after buzz TV for tonight Mad Men season four episode 11 thank you to my co-hosts Australian actress Trilby Glover uh, producer director writer and uh, extraordinaire and general entertainment industry guru Kevin Undergaro uh, editor writer film aficionado Phil Svitek and the man in the Perspex booth, Corey. For Thanks, guys. This is Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer Corey Sheehan, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for tuning in to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to host an AfterBuzz show of your own, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. 
or buzz into our Twitter account or Facebook page by searching AfterBuzz TV. I don't know how to say buzz you later, bitches, or I'm like, I'm thinking we should have Rich create like a 60s jingle maybe, like Mad Men for this, but buzz you later. There you go. (laughs) 